This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. This episode of Christian Book Blurb Podcast is sponsored by the book Wonder, an Advent and Christmas collection by Andy March. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Christian Book Blurb, where we like to encourage you in your discipleship one book at a time, as we meet some amazing Christian authors and learn about their books, their lives and their faith. I'm your host, Matt McClary. Thanks for joining me. Welcome aboard. And on today's show, I'm going to be talking about seeing the Christmas story through Mary's eyes with the author, Amy Or Ewing. So welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for thank joining you. us. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's so good to have you with us today. Now, um, the listeners will, well, they might know that this episode has gone out at the very beginning of November. Um, and we're already talking about Christmas. Oh, some people might not be too comfortable with that. But the reason we're doing it is because Amy has written an Advent book. And what I like to do in November is I dedicate the two episodes of the Christian Book Blurb in November to looking at Advent resources so that you've got time to get to know a bit about them and also maybe buy a copy if you're really interested by what you've heard in time for the Advent season to begin. And this year that starts in very early December. So that's why we are starting to talk about Advent-y Christmas type things now so that you can grab the books so that you can journey with the authors and of course with God through Advent itself. So Amy... Please, can you explain for our listeners who might not be too familiar with the term Advent, what is Advent? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Matt. So the book is Mary's Voice, um, Advent Reflections to Contemplate the Coming of Christ. And um, Advent is just a Latin word that means arrival. And traditionally, Christians have spent the few weeks before Christmas Day, the four weeks before Christmas Day, um, reflecting on actually the second coming of Jesus as we prepare for his first coming Um, but also I think drawing near to Christ preparing our hearts for um, the celebration of Christmas when obviously we celebrate the incarnation of God so the idea of Advent is that you know Christmas doesn't just sort of come upon us out of nowhere and we we just feel a bit unprepared for all of that celebration but it's a spiritual preparation um, in our devotional lives in our churches and communities and we sort of progressively journey together towards Christmas so that's that's the reason um, I've written this book Mary's Voice is to do exactly that to help Christians prepare um, to to really reflect on who Jesus is and to do that by centering Mary's perspective who had this obviously amazing front row seat on the mm. events. Yeah and you've mentioned you've written this book to help people journey through the Advent season. Um, another term for them in the Christian book world is um, a devotional um what what is the concept behind sort of a devotional style book 
Yeah. So a devotional style book tends to be a book that um, doesn't have kind of traditional chapters. You know, it has um, like a daily reading that you can read that builds one day upon the other and often for a sort of fixed time, 30 days, or in this case, 25 days with a um, introduction and conclusion. Um, and with, with Mary's voice, the the devotional sort of it begins on December the 1st to make it easier traditionally actually Advent is the fourth Sunday it begins the fourth Sunday before Christmas but that's quite confusing and the date is different every year so I just began on December the 1st to make this this really accessible and easy and it would be a daily um a a reading from scripture uh, a reflection in you know Mary's voice's case the reflection is Um, really kind of drawing out theologically different truths by looking at this through the lens of of Mary's voice. Um, And then there would be a prayer, um, a liturgical prayer, so prayer that someone else has written that people in church sometimes say historically. And those are the prayers I've chosen are from lots of different contexts. So you've Mm. got a, a Bible reading, Um, some devotional writing then a prayer that you can pray and then also a piece of art um, that is reproduced um, to reflect on visually reflect on you know what 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 you've read Mm, that that's really great thank you amy um speaking of your book mary's voice um why did you choose to focus your writing on mary so um i've been a christian for a long time um all of my adult life and you know, I work in the field of theology and you know obviously I've I've read and studied the Bible a lot um, but I realized actually when I was um, sitting in a, a, a cathedral I'd been supporting somebody who was giving evidence in a criminal trial and the day in court had been very traumatic um, just really difficult actually mm. And so that evening after after the evidence had, had been given and, what I, um, you know, the day was done, as it were, I just slipped into the pew of, a, of the cathedral in the city where I was and it happened to be Evensong. And the choir were um, singing the Magnificat and I kind of looked at the service sheet and followed along. And it just sort of hit me between the eyes, absolutely stunning, the words of the Magnificat where Mary says, he hath brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted them of low degree. And it's just spoke so powerfully to the situation that my friend uh, was was in. Um, and it, it, it sort of made me realise in one moment, my goodness, Mary had a voice. You know, she had a perspective. She is sort of defiantly proclaiming truth about who Jesus is and what he's come to do. And and um, I think I realised that, you know, I, I'm more from the Protestant tradition and, you know, perhaps there's been a fear around elevating Mary too much. Mm, Maybe mm. in the Catholic tradition, there's a, a tendency to see Mary in this sort of perpetual, almost ethereal role of the new mother with her cherubic baby you know stuck and static and silent and actually Mary had a voice she had 
extraordinary things to say um and I felt I for one felt in our cultural moment what she has to say is really worth listening to and so relevant so that mm. began me on a journey um that then basically evolved into into this book Mary's voice yeah it's very interesting what you say um because Mary isn't traditionally given much of a voice we we kind of see her playing a part i mean even in like nativity you know i mean i'm sure many parents listening to this are already scratching around trying to find you know costumes for the the nativity play at school and that kind of thing but mary doesn't really get to say very much she kind of walks yeah, up and down and holds a baby but doesn't actually yeah. say much at all exactly in fact in the book i i sort of share that i once played mary in a, in a school nativity play as a child <laughs> and for the entire play I did not utter a word. You know, Mary in our representations of her is mute. So that's why the book is Mary's voice. It's like the book is not about worshipping Mary or looking to mm. Mary. It's about listening to her testimony, her witness, her voice, her her prophecy, mm. her magnificat. And through listening to her voice, actually seeing a glimpse of of who God in Christ is and you know it's just for me been really fresh and really exciting and um you know wonderful preparation for for Christmas mm, that, that's that's wonderful you you've mentioned you've already mentioned um the Magnificat which yeah. um is the song that Mary sings mm. um after the angel Gabriel has told her um about um, her pregnancy with Jesus and all of that. It's like a song of um, joy and celebration and, and response mm. to that. Um, your book, does it just kind of unpick and deal with the Magnificat? Or does it, I mean, I know it does do that quite mm. a bit, um, but are there other areas or, or ways that you've managed to draw out Mary's voice in particular situations yeah. so um there's a, a a few of the days of of the devotional are really focused on each line of the magnificat the word magnificat um comes from magnify mary begins her song with my soul magnifies the lord and the magnificat is an extraordinary piece of christian ethical teaching and proclamation and, you know, in and of itself, it is outstanding. It's the recorded speech of a first century woman. That's very rare, just in literary terms. You know, what we what we have is very exciting. Um, but obviously for Christians, it's, it's very theologically rich because Mary is the primary witness to the incarnation. It's, it's through her testimony and witness that we know the doctrine of the incarnation, that God became flesh through mm. this virgin conception and birth. And so um, listening to Mary's voice inevitably means and entails listening to, to what she said and it, her direct speech recorded. But more broadly than that, Mary is um, one of the primary eyewitnesses that Luke draws on for his gospel. In fact, tradition says that she is his primary source for the gospel. And so um, in Mary's voice, the book, we explore some of the um, unique insights that the Gospel of Luke has because of Mary's testimony. And that includes the encounter with Elizabeth. It includes her encounter with Simeon 
and with Anna in the temple. It includes then also how John's gospel um, positions Mary in a really interesting way as, as a sort of parallel to Abraham, as almost like a kind of second Abraham. So the theological strands of, of, of the gospels showing us who Jesus is, what theologians would call Christology, the, the, the theology of who Christ is and what he's come to do is so rich when we when we look at it through Mary's perspective and that leads us to worship like she was led to worship so the 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 heart of the book is that each day you know it's we kind of break it down so each day there's a, a theme and a thought and um through this journey through advent through contemplating through listening to Mary's voice we're we're kind of drawn back into wonder and to really worship afresh. For some of us who've been Christians for a long time, you know, these things are, well, you know, the Christmas story is quite familiar. So the idea is that this yeah. is really rich and fresh mm. and it inspiring us to, to worship. And is the fact that Mary is a woman um, and is playing a leading role um, in, in the incarnation, did that attract you to write about her more? Yeah, or? well, it's interesting, I think, um, you know, because I'm a female theologian, perhaps people might have expected that I would have kind of focused my work on some of the key women in the Bible. And I would say I haven't particularly. In fact, I've always, I think, shied a little bit away from, you know, um, wanting to sort of reduce things to kind of women's issues because you know mm. we're, we're all human right and women and men can each minister to each other um but as i as i really um delved into this i think i saw um something really stunning about the fact that this is a woman's perspective a you know women obviously at the time the first century ancient world you know, you're talking about Jewish people anyway, living under occupation. And then you're talking about an extremely patriarchal layered society, both the Greco-Roman world, but also the kind of rabbinic Jewish world that Mary was operating in. And so for the gospel accounts to centre and position women as they do is really radical and countercultural. It actually... Um, speaks to the veracity, to the truthfulness of the events. Because if you were making up a story and wanting to kind of recruit people to believe in your new religion or story, you would never have positioned women as witnesses in the way the Gospels do. Mm. And then I began to realise, wow, it's not just the incarnation that is witnessed in this way by by women, you know, obviously Mary's the primary witness to the incarnation. You also see it with the crucifixion narrative. So in all four gospels, the male disciples have deserted Jesus. And it's the women who stand at the foot of the cross. John is there as the singular male, but the women's witness to the crucifixion um, give us the details and the texture of the gospel accounts of, of what happened when Jesus died. And in the same way, of course, women are first at the empty tomb. So there, there's something unique about the Christian faith amongst all other world religions, amongst the ancient philosophies of, of the time that centres 
women and their voices and their capacity to bear witness to the truth. And um, I think that speaks to women and men because all men have a mother and many mm. men have daughters and sisters and uh, perhaps a wife or an aunt. And, and so we begin to see how radically good and different the Christian faith is by, you know, radically including women, but also um, centering women's voices. So I don't really want this to be a book just for women, although, mm. you know, it obviously is particularly encouraging and inspirational perhaps to women who felt silenced by the church or overlooked in some way. Um, but I think this this is a book for all of us. And, you know, Mary's voice mattered greatly to Luke, a man who then wrote the gospel. So, Well, it's, it's, it's true, isn't it, that, that um, men can learn from women too. I mean, yeah, you I know, it's... So. it's well, I know, but it's weird. It's weird in in church circles because sometimes it's like, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna speak about all these men in the Bible, and mm. you know, everyone can learn life lessons from them. But somehow, when it comes to some of the women characters, the female yeah. characters, um, it's like, oh well, this is for the women's ministry. Well, well it's, it's no, like, because men can actually learn stuff from yeah, from them well, as well. I mean, I'd go a step further and say. If men are not prepared to listen to and learn from a woman, then they can't listen to or learn about the incarnation, the crucifixion or the resurrection. The central doctrines of the Christian faith are primarily witnessed to and taught to us by the witness of, of women. And I mm. think that's something loads of people don't know. Yeah. It's quite yeah. exciting and makes the Christian faith really different and, you know, Lots of layers. You mentioned something really interesting in the afterword of, of the book about Mary having a leadership position in the early church. Now, I'd never considered this before. Mm. Could you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, so um, that's, that's a, a, a thought that is sort of developed in the conclusion um, of the book, just reflecting on... Um, the evidence from the earliest Christian traditions, including some of the imagery of Mary, some of the early Eastern iconography where instead of, you know, the eyes down holding the baby image, you have Mary as an older woman with her hands raised in blessing, which is the posture of, of leadership and kind of, you know, blessing God's people. And then, of course, in the gospel accounts, um, you have the positioning of names is is very important and significant. And you have, for example, Peter is always named first in the list of disciples. But where you see Mary named even before the 12, you see um, an indicator of the significance of Mary's ongoing leadership role in the church. And then there are other sources as well from the early church that that I refer to that that speak of her ongoing role after the death, resurrection and ascension of Christ um, in continuing as an evangelist and in, in pastoral ministry um, in, in the early church. So, yeah, I think it's it's helpful for us, isn't it? We can, with Mary, probably uniquely, unlike with any other biblical character, we we sort of see her or think of her as just stuck in that one moment of her life and the few 
days and weeks after giving birth to a baby but she actually grew to be an old woman you mm. know and there are so many more dimensions to her than only that and of course that was a very significant time and you know we need to reflect on that too now of course your book is helping us to hear mary's voice within the the christmas or the nativity story um how can we all do better at helping each other um, and women in particular to have a voice in the church mm. well it's interesting isn't it i think um it actually begins by who we're prepared to listen to so i think we can we can model something by being prepared to listen to and learn from people who are different from us. And so um, releasing another person's voice might begin with having a posture of being teachable and being prepared um, to listen to them. Mm. I think the second thing is to, um, I guess, to have our expectations of what kind of person um, gets to minister, to speak, to evangelize, to to bear witness, um, and what what's the framework in our mind of what kind of person gets to do that? And actually, what we see in Mary is that someone who lived under occupation, who lived under oppression, who lived under patriarchy, and was female, who was young. Um, who also potentially have the stigma of being pregnant and unmarried, that was a person that God chose that God chose to use and to, you know, center in the salvation plan and history. And I think kind of really grasping that shatters our preconceptions about who gets to be involved, who, mm. who gets to participate, and hopefully helps us, you know, see and um, identify those around us who, who have potential to serve and do more and give them opportunity and encouragement to do so. So I hope that even just by listening to Mary's voice, even by engaging with this book, um, that would be doing something significant in our own hearts, but that would also have an impact on how we treat others. Mm. Thank you, Amy. That's really good. Um, we'll be back after these um, to chat a little bit more with the author Amy or Ewing about her books, her life and her faith. Catch us on the other side. This episode of the Christian Book Blurb podcast is sponsored by the book Wonder, an Advent and Christmas collection by Andy March. It's the most wonderful time of year. At least that's what the song tells us. Yet all too easily, the true meaning and impact of Christmas can be lost amongst the busyness of the season. In this profound and often humorous collection of reflections, monologues, poetry, sermons and sketches, Andy March invites us, whether we're lifelong Christians or new to faith, to take a fresh look at this world-changing story and become lost in wonder once again. Get your copy of Wonder an Advent and Christmas collection from hellwillpublishing.co.uk or click on the link in this episode's show notes. I'm going to be giving away a copy of Amy Orr Ewing's new book, Mary's Voice, at the end of November, just in time for Advent, as well as the latest edition of another of Amy's books called 
Why Trust the Bible? Both of these books will be given away to one lucky subscriber of my email newsletter. So if you want to be in for a chance of winning, click over to my website, mattmcclary.com, and subscribe to my newsletter so that you too can get the details of how to enter November's Amy or Ewing giveaway at the end of the month. Don't miss it. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Hello, welcome back to the Christian Book Blurb. I am chatting with the author Amy Orr Ewing about her new book for Advent called Mary's Voice, Advent Reflections to Contemplate the coming of Christ. Now, Amy, before the break, we spoke a lot about your book, some really interesting stuff in there. So thank you for sharing that with us. One of the things we like to do on the podcast is to get to know the author um, a little bit better because, you know, we, we love reading books that authors write, but, you know, who 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 are you as a person? What, what do you enjoy doing? Do you do you have do you enjoy coffee do you like having it with milk or without you know that kind of thing (laughs) i love coffee yes in fact um we have a coffee roastery at our our farm um it's called nuach and it's um run by an amazing guy called ivan he was just um an extraordinary coffee aficionado and so i'm drinking a nuach coffee here wow I have a, sh- a short black with a little bit of hot milk. That is my preferred <laughs> coffee. So yeah. you roast your own beans. That well, is some serious them. dedication. I, I, have to be, I need to be honest that I definitely <laughs> personally do not roast them, but I benefit from a really amazing, talented coffee roaster. Excellent, excellent. Mm. Uh, and, and what do you do for fun in, or in your pastime, you know, in your hobbies or you know do you go jogging or do you Mm. like going for walks or just maybe art galleries because you've got you know loads of wonderful imagery in your book yeah absolutely my 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 husband is an amazing artist himself and you know art history and theology expert so we love art and go uh, you know visit galleries all over the world um and just drink in the um beautiful amazing um tradition of of art that's accessible to us I love walking um being outside um you know in creation and I I try and walk every day I love Pilates which um I, I had a back injury um a few years ago and just find you know Pilates really really helpful for that but also you know a a, a great kind of relaxant I've got three children three teenage sons so they keep me very busy most of my spare time is probably taken up with watching them play sport Mm, so (laughs) um, my youngest is a brilliant cricketer and rugby player um my two older they're twins my two older ones play a lot of tennis and rugby as well so um i'm found at the side of a court pitch whatever um Mm. watching them and cheering them on a lot (laughs) as well coming back to pilates i i had a back injury as well and i've started trying i'm I'm (laughs) still very very beginnery um but 
do you do it in person or online or you know, what's your preferred um, yeah no Pilates I do it in person routine. I do it in person and in fact where I live a new reformer studio has just opened where they've got the the sort of moving bed machine things as well oh, wow. so I've just started doing that which is great it really intensifies the experience yeah so, <laughs> yes no I really find it helpful and as we are in this, well, approaching Advent and we're talking about your Advent devotional, um, do you have any Advent traditions in, oh. in your family or household? Are there like some special things that you like yes. to do? I know your kids sound rather grown up now. It yeah. might have been something when they were younger. I don't know. How does it look for you? Yeah, so um, we do have various traditions as a family. My parent, my dad is German and the German tradition is you have a real tree with real candles. So mm. I've got the German. <laughs> wow, real candles. Candle holders. Yeah. Um, you don't light the candles until Christmas Eve. Um, so we have we have the normal fairy lights on the tree as well. Um, but on Christmas Eve, you light the candles and, and sing carols and welcome the newborn king which is wonderful mm. um we have lots of kind of family gatherings in the build-up to christmas for different sides of our family as well um and actually i have uh, on a on a more spiritual note in the last few years i've i've done a sort of instagram series um of of kind of theological reflections through advent and mary's voice this book is um what emerged from one of them so i i did a, a whole year mm. a, a whole sort of um instagram series on on her and the connection between mary and eve and the connection between mary and different messianic prophecies um and this book sort of emerged from that so yeah for me the process of devotional preparation through december um, getting ready for, for Christmas is really important. Mm. I also work um, as a Christian speaker and I do quite a lot of evangelistic Advent carol services. So it's often quite a time of intense work as well mm. yeah. for me. Um, my husband has been a pastor for many years and in church life, you know, the build up to Christmas is probably yeah, the busiest crazy, time yeah. to be <laughs> till afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you, Amy. And and speaking of your um sort of little Instagram series that you've done in the past over Advent, um, are you looking to do something similar this year or have you got any other projects sort of yeah. on the horizon that you can share with us? Um well this year it's all about Mary's voice, the book, and there will yeah. be Instagram assets around uh, around the book that sort of support the experience of 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 um following the book. Um, yes, I've got various other projects. Um, I've just finished my next book, the manuscript, which is a book on Christian leadership, and it's a it's a series of letters to the next generation. You know, the idea being, what do I wish I'd known twenty five years mm. ago? Um, and that will be coming out next summer, August September next year. Oh, great. I look forward to look forward to reading that one. Where can people find you on social yeah. media? We've we've mentioned Instagram. 
um maybe you can let us know sort of what to search for because i mm. i know often many people are plagued by impersonators and all oh, that kind of thing so yeah. so what what do we search for to actually find Thank the you. real you on instagram and have you yeah. got websites and where can we buy your books all that kind of stuff okay yeah thank you so much so my instagram is at amy or ewing with no hyphen between the or and ewing and with no letters or numbers afterwards so the fake accounts are like at Emil Ewing one or whatever or underscore one so my real account is and it's verified so you you know it has that little blue tick on it um so you can find me there and on Facebook it's um just my name Amy or hyphen Ewing and it's like a public Facebook account and then on Twitter I'm at Emil Ewing as well and then my website is www amy or hyphen com, and um that's where people can go to find me to you know ask me to come and speak or find my blog and other written materials there um and in terms of buying the books um the all all the different book outlets have the books so you can get it from amazon or from St Andrew's Bookshop, or wherever you normally get your books from. Um, imagine you'd even be able to find it in places like Waterstones or order it into WH Smith. Yes, you could certainly order it in. Um, it'd be great if you could order it in, because that would encourage them to to have it. Um, yeah, so it's 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 been published by Hachette, which is a really big publisher, and so it's it will be widely available, and yeah. Thank oh, you for, for supporting the book and really appreciate it. And what we'll do for the benefit of our listeners is in the show notes of this episode, we will put a link to Amy's website in there as well. So that all you got to do is just click through on that link to her website. Um, and then you should be able to find out all sorts of wonderful things that you are looking for. So there you go. Do have a click on that and have a look at Amy's books. I mean, she has written many, many books. Very good, very thorough, very thought-provoking. Yeah, Mary's <laughs> voice is the, the one to be getting at this time of yeah. year. Um, so do go ahead and check it out. Um, that just leaves me to say thank you, Amy. Thank, thank you so you. much for joining us. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Also, a very big thank you to the sponsor of this episode, the book Wonder, an Advent and Christmas collection by the author Andy March. Do go and check out his website, howwillpublishing.co.uk, or use the link in the show notes to click over there and see what his book is all about. Thank you so much for your sponsorship. And a very big thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us um, as we start to prepare for Advent, and then, of course, Advent starts to prepare us for Christmas. So, um, yeah, don't forget, this Christian Book Blurb podcast comes out twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. So we'll be back again really soon where I get to chat with another amazing Christian author about their books, their life and their faith. So do join us again really soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share, and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.